the Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Moms, we are in a battle, a battle for the hearts and minds of our children. And today we have a guest on that's going to address all those issues. Heidi St. John inspires tens of thousands of readers through her blog, her Facebook page, her books, and now MomStrongInternational.com, where she leads women through a continuing online Bible study and relationship building as she inspires them to get off the bench and onto the battlefield together. She has a super transparent child and a great sense of humor, and that combines to draw her readers into what feels like a very personal conversation over a cup of coffee. She's a favorite speaker, author, and podcaster who approaches marriage and parenting with humor and grace. Now, I'm certain her passion to encourage moms and set them free to be who God created them to be will bless and encourage you today. She's been married to her husband, Jay, since 1989, and together they have seven children and several grandkids. The St. John's children range in age from tween to adult, and you know, they've homeschooled their kids all the way through high school with five graduates now. And Heidi's the author of seven books. Her most recent book, Bible Promises for Moms, is the latest in her Mom Strong collection. Now, in addition to all of this, Heidi's running for Congress for the 3rd District of Washington State. Welcome, Heidi. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. You bet. Well, tell us about what motivated you to begin speaking all about marriage and family and these crazy cultural issues that are facing our world today. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's a funny story how I got into speaking. It really was an accident. My husband and I were the uh, president of the Washington Association of Teaching Christian Homes. And this is, oh my goodness, 15 or something years ago. And uh, one of the ladies, one of the speakers didn't show up. She had a, like a 12 o'clock lunch with like 250 women and something happened and she wasn't able to make it. And they said, Hey, could you step in? And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm the girl who does the tickets. I just want to, you know, I've got, you know, I had the babies coming out my ears. Then I said, I just, no, I don't want to do that. And my husband was like, Heidi, you, you lead the women's Bible study at our church. You could totally do it. You'd probably like it. And so I very reticently just said, well, I'll, I'll step in. And I had like a half an hour really to get ready for it. Just wrote a few thoughts down about marriage. When it was over, Diana Waring was there and a couple of people from, you know, different parts of the country. And they'd come up and said, wow, you know, you got to do that again. And I was like, what are you talking about? Wow. I was just nervous the whole time. My hands were shaking. I wanted to throw (laughs) up, Uh, you know, and, and I, I had an invitation come in from Idaho and a couple more from Seattle. And I just one at a time to start taking, you know, little steps here and there as they came up. And really was my husband who just said, I think that God has gifted you to do this. And he said, I'd like to see you do it more. And he's always had kind of an eye on what we might be doing after the homeschool years, just kind of watching the heart of his wife and saying, you know, we know we're not going to be raising children forever, although sometimes it feels that way. (laughs) And so in a lot of respects, it, it really was the Lord and this sort of providential accident that happened and then the encouragement of my husband. So I'm very concerned about what's happening with our kids. Obviously, the culture's on fire right now. 
And the Lord's just given me a, just a, their fire in my bones mm. for speaking truth to culture and doing it unapologetically on behalf of the Lord Jesus. And so I've had, the Lord's been opening doors and I've been doing it now for about 15 years, a little, probably a little longer than that. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was an accident. That's the bottom line. <laughs> it may have been an accident, but it's, it feels like it's got to be an awfully heavy mantle to wear at times, especially in light of how, you know, I, I feel like sometimes our culture is a dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and I, it's funny. I texted a friend of mine cause you, you know, um, Kate said it, I'm, I'm running for Congress, which is the most difficult thing I have ever done. Hmm. Uh, hands down more difficult than homeschooling seven children, more difficult than writing. It, it It's, I don't even know what to compare it with mm-hmm. yet, <laughs> but I'm going to, I guarantee you, I'm going to write about it when this whole thing is over. Mm-hmm. I texted a friend of mine the other, it was actually Kathy Cook who texted me and just said, Hey, I'm praying for you. How are you doing? And I said, this is a very heavy load. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a very heavy load. I think we're watching the prince of the power of the air at work mm-hmm. in ways that most of us have never seen him at work in our lifetime. We're talking out loud now about men, you know, magically converting into women, we're watching this incredible delusion. This is an amazing time to be a Christian because the Bible has already foretold that we would see a time like this. And we're living in an amazing time in the history of the world where we we are living under massive deception and we have a generation of biblically illiterate Christians. And so to be called into that sphere and into that space, you know, I really have, I think for lack of a better word, the Lord's given me a prophetic voice. And uh, my voice is really one of exhortation and warning. It's not, but not very much fun to be like the prophet Jeremiah right now. You know, it's kind of a crowd shrinker, <laughs> but I've been like this. I mean, if you guys have heard me, which I know you have over the years out on the homeschool circuit, I've been talking about uncomfortable truths in the homeschool movement for a long, long time, talking about patriarchy when it really was a thing. You know, I laugh when I hear the left talk about patriarchy because I'm like, you guys have <laughs> No idea. (laughs) Some of us have actually lived through it and seen it when it's really real. And so I spoke about that, you know, a long time ago out on the homeschool circuit. So I'm no stranger to controversial subjects, but this takes it to a whole new level uh, because of the deception in the culture. And it's, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a sad time, but it's also an exciting time because the Bible says the truth sets us free. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what God's asked us to do right now. You step into that space and you're right. uh, It's a dumpster fire. You step into it and you're likely going to get burned. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped right into it and God protected them. And I think, you know, my friend, Pastor Rob McCoy says all the time, we are immortal until God calls us home. Mm. And until that bullet has your name on it, until until the Lord of heaven's army says, I'm taking you home, Mm. uh, we're called to obedience. And I think recognizing that takes the fear out of it. And we begin to speak boldly into the culture. And that's certainly what he's asked me to do right now. And so, uh, so that's what we're doing, but yeah, it's a, this is, it's a heavy lift at times. That's a good word because it's easy to feel overwhelmed. It's very disparaging when you look out into the world, but we can take heart and hope in knowing we know the end Mm -hmm. of the story it's written down for us and it's something we can stand firm on. But I know that as a mom, you know, I know that I'm passing the baton to the next generation. So as a mom who hopes to raise her children, you know, in the strength of the Lord, and you've written a lot about this in Mom Strong and in your, your own um, network, 
How can I, as a mom, train my children to hear God's voice and to walk in truth, no matter, you know, where our culture is heading? Can you talk about what it means to be, you know, this is your term, mom strong, Mm -hmm. and how we can raise our children to know the Lord in the midst of this really crazy culture? Yeah, well, I think the main thing is it starts with us, right? And so we see, you know, moms who want to raise strong children, but we can't pass on what we don't possess. And so I hear so many moms say, I want my kids to be world changers. I want my kids to be, you know, bold for for the Lord, but they're not bold for the Lord and they're not changing the world. Well, I tell these moms, you know, you got to set, you got to lead by example. You know, if I want my kids to be prayer warriors, they need to see me on my knees. If I want my children to be able to speak boldly into the culture, they need to see me speaking boldly into the culture. And if anybody who's ever read anything I've written, I talk a lot about coming from a place of, of brokenness. My parents divorced when I was 18 years old. I came from an abusive home. My dad was in jail for a lot of the stuff that he did in my family when I was growing up. So I came from a very, very hard place. When my first daughter was born, I just thought, what in the world am I doing with a kid? You know, I, I didn't see this modeled right for me. I, I don't know the first thing about raising a child successfully. And I feel like the Lord, you know, and this is what he's so good at, right? Picking up those broken pieces. God is the healer of generational sin. God is the one who helps us to be the mothers that he has already designed and has in his heart for us to become. It's a matter of leaning into his word and trusting his promises. Hmm. And my grandmother used to tell me, you can do anything, Heidi, just do it afraid. That's how I stepped into homeschooling. That's how I stepped into a run for Congress. It's afraid. (laughs) A lot of it is just like, you know, what am I doing? And I, I want these younger moms to know we really cannot pass on what we don't possess. And I, yeah. you know, unlike other speakers out there on the circuit, I don't generally toss softballs at these moms because this, this is a hardball country right now. It's a hardball culture. And we've been tossing softballs at our kids for generations now. And so we're watching a generation of mothers facing questions coming from their kids that previous generations didn't even see coming. Mm-hmm. And how do you get ready for that stuff? you, you know, the word. And so that is a huge focus of my ministry to, to women. It's why I founded mom strong international. If we don't know God's word, which really is the light to our, our path, the never changing truth of God's word, it doesn't change no matter what happens politically, no matter what happens socially, no matter what's going on on Facebook, God's word is the same. You can anchor yourself in it. And that has been my heart's cry is to see these moms be anchored in the word so that they can help their children be rooted because the wind, the cultural winds that are blowing right now are going to get stronger. I think we're coming up to hurricane force winds right now. I don't think we're at the end of this thing. I think we're maybe in the, maybe in the middle of it. I think it's going to get harder before it gets better. And I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that because you just, you know, you want to bury your head in the sand, Mm -hmm. but where in the Bible did we ever see God's people bury their head in the sand. I'm sure Mordecai could have said to Esther, you know what? It looks to me like God has protected you. You're here in the, in the palace of, of Artaxerxes and, and the rest of the Jews are about to be annihilated, but God's protected you so that you can, you can start a new lineage, right? You're not going to die. Just keep your heritage and your lineage a secret. But instead he went to this young girl that Bible scholars say may have been as young as 15 or 16 years old. And he said, you know what? You can be quiet if you want to be. But if you are quiet, relief and deliverance from the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. He didn't cut her any slack. And, uh, and it's the same for the apostle Paul sending Timothy out into a hostile environment. We think it's bad. Now the Romans were killing Christians for sport. They were crucifying them in the public square. They're putting their heads on pikes for everyone to see. 
And I'm sure that young Timothy was very afraid as he was getting ready to take the mantle that God had given him. But Paul was like, listen, Timothy, buck up there, mister. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. Where's this fear coming from? That's not God. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. That is the message for this generation. And if it doesn't come from their parents, if it doesn't come from the mothers of these children who are about to take their place on the battlefield, it's not coming from the pulpits right now. Very few pulpits, very few Christian leaders have the courage to stand up and say what needs to be said. Mothers and fathers need to take that mantle. And my job, as I see it right now, is to strengthen mothers and to say, you've got to prepare your children for battle because that's exactly what this is. That is so right. And I remember telling my daughter from the time she was little, sometimes you just have to do it afraid. You've got to get out there and just do what God's calling you to do. And thank goodness she has listened to that message. And and the other thing you were saying about your children are going, you know, they're only going to do what you model for them. Yep. They have to see it. And I, I, I was so excited when she was about 12 or 13, I would always go out in the living room and read my Bible in the morning. It was my devotion time. And I saw her starting to do it and starting to develop a love for the Lord mm-hmm. and just for that quiet time every day. So they, I always say this on the podcast, they will, they will follow what you model. So you have to do it. How do we as moms gain that biblical discernment in this unbiblical age where good is called evil and evil is called good? And I know a mm-hmm. lot of it is through reading and knowing the word. Mm-hmm. It is kind mm-hmm. of frightening to me how, how illiterate we are. So many Christians don't read their Bible, which just shocks me. But so how can, how can we gain that biblical discernment mm-hmm. right now? Well, especially for the mom who, like Heidi, didn't get her faith right. handed to her. Where where does that mom start? Right. Same with me. Yeah. 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 Well, I think a lot of it's doing what moms are doing right now and just listening to this show, right? So these moms are listening and they're trying to, to soak it in. I think that somehow we have uh, in the culture bought into this lie that it's going to be easy, but there's nothing that's worth doing in this life that's ever easy. I've been married for going on 33 years. I know you guys have been married for quite a while as well. That takes commitment. That mm-hmm. takes you, you know, you deciding every single day, I'm going to love my husband. I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice today. We're going to, we are going to make concessions for each other. We're going to recognize that what we want, what we're, what we're shooting for takes sacrifice. And when moms talk to me about discernment, you know, how do we, how do we know right from wrong? I always send them back to the word. Don't, don't look to Heidi St. John to determine right from wrong, because I have a sin nature, just like everybody else. And you catch me on a bad day of the week, and I'm going to give you bad advice. That's the truth, right? (laughs) And so where do we go? You know, it's, it's recognizing that God's priorities have not changed. And he said that if we want to be successful in this life, we have to know the one who made us. So it's getting, it's, it's determining even in homeschooling, right? What's the most important thing you'll ever do? It's not opening a math book with your kids. It just isn't. It's teaching your children to understand right from wrong. So rather than sticking your head in the sand, you know, Spurgeon said that knowing the difference between right and wrong isn't as simple as that. He rephrased it. He said, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. Mm. And that is where we are in the church right now. Think about how many churches, I mean, uh, Kate, you know this, Jay and I almost relocated to Franklin. Yeah, one of my one of my most favorite places in the country. So beautiful. And besides, I was hoping to stalk Stephen Curtis Chapman, but it just didn't work out. Uh, and uh, we looked for churches there while we were looking for a house. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but there's a lot of rotten churches in Franklin, yeah. Tennessee. 
And I think there are a lot of people who just go, oh, there, you know, that church has a cross in front of it. That looks like a friendly place. And so they go to the church and they don't understand God's word. And so these people are up there spouting what can what is absolutely antithetical to what God says in his word, because we haven't done the homework. We want someone else to do it for us. And so it, it kind of goes back to me, you know, being a little bit hard-nosed with these moms and telling them what they maybe don't want to hear, which is you cannot expect someone else to instill the word of God in you. That's your responsibility. And then making, you know, like, it's like parents will say, and I'm sure they've said this to you guys before, you know, how do I, how do I make sure my kids walk with the Lord? You know, how, how can I guarantee? Well, you can't, that is the job of the Holy spirit. But what we do is we offer our children a cool drink of water from God's word every day. Hmm. We want them to want to be in the word and know the word and that comes from modeling. And so when your spirit, once you know the word, and you start seeing the headlines come in the news and you start, there's going to be a little voice inside you that says, Mm-mm-mm, that's not right. That's not right. It's that little, I mean, you guys heard me yelling and screaming at the beginning of COVID. I mean, I, I was at the very beginning of this thing, so troubled in my spirit in April of 2020, I was out in front of a restaurant in Battleground, Washington, doing a Facebook live, looking around as people start to put masks on their faces. And I was like, you guys wake up. We have never handled a pandemic like this before in our country. This isn't how we're, this, this isn't wise. It isn't, uh, it's, and wake, and here we are, you know, two and a half years later, we got to start listening to that still small voice and not ignoring it. I mean, how many times have we not listened, right? Moms are really good at this. We take on this, that thing. Oh yeah, sure. I'll help you. And then 10 minutes later, like, yeah, I didn't have time for that. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I, I just got myself into a mess, but if we'd have stopped and prayed, if we would have taken 24 hours and said, you know, I'm going to, before I say yes to that, I'm going to talk to my husband. I'm going to I'm going to get, get alone with the Lord. I think our decisions would be different and the stakes are so high right now. We can't afford to not be listening and you won't, and you can't listen. You won't know his voice if you're not attuned to the sound of it and you get attuned by just knowing the word Hmm. and there's no substitute for it. Like we want there to be a substitute. I love to tell you guys, Hey, I just found this, you know, this, I found this app. It'll give you discernment. Wouldn't that be nice? It, wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't that be nice? Uh, I could think of some politicians I'd like to send that app to, but uh, but the fact is, it, this is on us right now. I mean, we're here. The church is here because we allowed ourselves to get here. I have a friend. Uh, he's a personal trainer. He says, 20 miles in, twenty miles out." You know, it took us 40, 50 years to get into this mess. It's going to take us a long time to get out of it. But I think. You know, hope springs eternal in me because I know of the living God and God can do anything. And I think he's calling his people to the front lines. And uh, I think we're going to live to see God do miracles in this generation. And we'll have stories to tell our grandchildren and they'll tell their children should the Lord tarry. Um, And that's what we're here for. So I'm excited about it. You know, to me, just the fact that people are asking about discernment is a step in the right direction. Hey there, Mama. I just want to jump in here for a second to tell you about a resource that will help you build independence and autonomy in your tweens and teens. For the past year, I've been sending my older ones out the door with a gab phone. Whether they're going out to do yard work for the neighbor down the street or heading to the library on their bike, they can just slip their phone into their pockets and give me peace of mind, knowing that I can get a hold of them when I need to. I've always been a bit hesitant to give my teens a cell phone because I didn't want them to have access to the internet, or more importantly, for the internet to have access to them. But that always seemed to pose a real problem when they had to babysit at someone else's house or when they wanted to go play basketball at the park. But not anymore. 
with the Gab phone, they can have the best of both worlds, a little bit of freedom with plenty of safeguards. A Gab phone looks and feels like a smartphone, but isn't connected to the internet in any way. A tween or teen can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's it. For the most part, the phone acts just like an MP3 player with calling and texting capability. If you two are interested in purchasing a dumb phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can head to gabwireless.com and use coupon code mom to mom at checkout. That's gabwireless.com, mom to mom in all capital letters. Well, you talk about getting off the bench. So what does that mean, Heidi? How can we do that? Mom's listening. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's looking, We you know, we pray. I think we've been conditioned by the modern church, this really sloppy agape of the modern church that says, you know, the church doesn't engage in cultural issues that go beyond the four walls of the church. The church doesn't engage in politics. Obviously, I disagree, right? So I think that Christians belong in every sphere of influence. We belong in entertainment. Mm -hmm. We belong in education. We belong in medicine. We belong in politics. And we are needed. Our voices are needed. And so for, for too long, we've, we've segregated ourselves to the four walls of the church or to what we would deem as a Christian industry, right? So I've had a lot of people say to me, why would you get into politics? What a dirty, yucky business that is. Well, you have to ask yourself, why is it dirty? Mm-hmm. Politics is inanimate. You know, it's like money. Money's not dirty until you give it to a dirty person. You know, politics isn't dirty unless Christians get out of it and remove God from it. And then the wickedness will always fill the void. And so for moms who are listening, you have to look at what season of life you're in. You know, I've been raising children for the last 30 years. And so I was doing what I could from the position of feeling like the most important thing that I had to do for most of my life as an adult was raise children. But there are things that we can do when we ask the Lord, when we come before the Lord, really, we come before him to praise him. That's what the Bible says, right? Enter into his courts with thanksgiving. We always have things to say thank you to the Lord for, but we don't just enter into his courts to sit and just listen and have him pour into us. We want to ask him for direction, right? When the Israelites went into war, who did they send in first? They sent in the worshipers, the people who would uh, listen to the Lord and obey him. So I always tell moms, if you want to know where God's calling you, almost always It's what is that one issue that's keeping you up at night? What is the thing that breaks your heart? When you look out into the culture and we're all geared, you know, a little bit differently, right? So like one of us might be called to the pro-life movement. One of us might be called to say, hey, we've got, I'm going to be helping moms homeschool their children, look at education. Some of us are going to be called into medicine because we see what, what is happening in the medical community right now. So what is it that God's put on your heart? the chances are very good that if that's the thing that you're most concerned about, that you're praying about, that you're, you know, blogging about or whatever, that is the sphere that God has created you to be in. Then it's just a matter of obedience. So rather than being afraid, just to step into the fray. And every one of those areas that I just mentioned, education, medicine, entertainment, politics, they're all terrifying. They are. If you bring truth into entertainment right now, they cancel you. Yeah. You know, if you bring truth into politics right now, they try to take you out. I've had people come to my house who were paid to come and threaten and intimidate me. We've had people come to the homeschool resource center and threaten the homeschool resource center. They're putting out articles about me saying that I've been involved in sex scandals and every other ungodly thing you can possibly imagine, just trying to take me out. 
Well, guess what? I'm a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, my my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm not leaving this earth one second before the Lord calls me home. And it goes back to knowing who I am. So when you know who you are, uh, they can't take that away from you. So I always tell moms, it's going to take courage. Courage is required. We have the real pandemic in the church right now is a crisis of courage and a willingness to step out and tell the truth. I see people all the time, you know, I'm, I'm getting off Facebook. People are mean. What were you expecting? What were we, what were we expecting? You know, is there a safe space? No, there isn't. So God calls us into spaces that are not safe. And he says, bring the light of the gospel, tell the truth. And I think mothers have a unique role to play in that right now. So yeah, get off the bench. I mean, it's been a theme of my life. It's the name of my podcast. Uh, There's a battle that's being waged all around us. And we're here for such a time as this, just like Esther. God wasn't looking at the moms in this generation and being like, well, I sure picked the wrong ones for this one. (laughs) You know, no, he, we're here for a reason. So the question is, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is my part to play right now? And, and I think for everybody that looks a little bit different, you know, for, for my husband and I right now, it's a run for Congress. Uh, and we front loaded that thing with prayer. You know, we sat down with all seven of our kids and our, our son, uh, our daughter-in-law or son-in-law, and we, here's what's going on. We front loaded it with prayer. We had the agreement of the entire family before we stepped into the fray. So you don't want to be reckless. You want to be mindful, you know, mindful of what, God's asking you to do mindful of the, of the toll that it will take on your family. We told our kids, this is going to be hard. And what's amazing is they are operating in such grace right now, given the firestorm that's swirling around their mother, they really are operating in a place of grace. There's an extraordinary grace over our family for this right now. And it's because this is what God's called us to. And so when God calls you, he's going to equip you. He's going to give you what doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You know, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't cried about it. Several times I've been like, okay, Lord, can we be done? You know, I'm ready. You know, Heidi, Heidi wants to be done. You know, Heidi needs a timeout. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that courage and, and just trying to instill, and I've been doing this for a long time. Part of the reason I'm running, I think, is because the Lord wants me to set an example. I can't go, I can't tell other people to go where I'm not willing to go myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think God's looking for more and more people, more and more moms to step into the fray. And I hope they will. I hope so too. The only way you can change the culture is to be in the culture, you know, to be actually actively in there. It's, it's amazing to me how weak the churches are. We saw it during COVID how many churches just shut down some of them for a couple of years, which I was grateful that within a couple months, our pastor just said, I'm done with this and opened it back up. I was so grateful. He was one of the good ones in Franklin. He's just not, not actively pastoring a church anymore, which is too bad, but Mm. Our culture is so rapidly decaying. It's affecting all of us, particularly our children, we know. But what are some practical ways moms can actually strengthen our children to survive this constant onslaught to their faith in the public square? I mean, if you have some some concrete things moms can do to say, okay, let me, I mean, other than, you know, reading the word and letting them see the things that they're Mm -hmm. doing. But if you have any other tips for our moms. Yeah, I have always been a huge believer in just talking to my kids about real life issues. So we don't avoid them in my house. We talk about them. One of the best examples I can think of is, you know, I don't know, it must be five years ago or so. uh, You guys remember the cover of of Vogue magazine where Bruce Jenner is sitting on the cover? Remember this? In a corset, right? And I'm at like Walmart or something with my kids. And Sailor, who's my youngest, was probably five at the time. 
And she's looking at the cover of this magazine as I'm putting, you know, taking stuff out of my grocery cart and sticking it on the the conveyor belt, whatever. And she's looking at that and she's kind of leaning in and she's looking at me and I'm in Portland, Oregon. Like, this is not the place I want to have this conversation with my child. And she said, you know, she's pulling on my sweater. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Yes, sailor. Why is that man dressed like a princess? Oh my gosh. Well, I had a choice to make. I was like, I can either talk to her about this now while it's on her mind, or I can hope she forgets about it because who, I don't want to talk about transgenderism with my five-year-old child. I don't, but that's the world I'm living in. And so I just looked at my other kids. I said, Hey guys, you know, finish unloading this. And I, I got down, you know, eye level with sailor. And I said, sailor, did God make you a boy or a girl? She said, well, he made me a girl. And I said, there are some people who are confused about that. But I said, this man needs Jesus. He needs to know that God loves him just the way he is. And she was, and you could see our kids are not dumb, right? They know a lie when they see one intuitively. But if we don't expressly say that's a lie or that's not true, then the world eventually becomes the loudest voice that they hear. At one point, Sailor just looked at me and she's nodding. And I said, you know, I said, we, we need to pray for him. And she goes, well, mommy, um, why doesn't someone tell him? Right. So the conversations, I think a lot of moms are afraid to have these conversations because they are so delicate and they're, we're talking about intimate things now, but that's where we are in the culture. So I always tell moms, you know, it, it goes back to me saying at the beginning of the show today, you can't pass on what you don't possess. And so your kids need to see that you're willing to talk about anything that comes up with them, that your home is a place where all of these things are discussed. Don't run away from them. There's a series of books out now, I think by Brave. I don't know if you guys have seen them, but Brave Books is out and they're addressing issues for children, like critical race theory, transgenderism, racism, all the things that are at the front of the culture right now. And they do a really good job of helping parents navigate through these tough subjects with kids. So lots of opportunities, opportunities abound. The question is just, are we willing to engage our kid? They're ready to listen right? Because it's in their face everywhere they go. It's in the grocery stores. It's all over the internet. We have to engage. And Sailor is almost 12 now. So this was, you know, several years ago. And every once in a while, we're still having those, we're still having those conversations, but she knows right from wrong. She knows truth when she sees it. And if she doesn't know, she knows she can talk to me or her dad, and we're not going to run away from the conversation. We're going to have it. And I think that's important. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know the girls would agree with me too. We tackled this very topic in episode 64. So if you're if you're a listener and you're wanting to know how you can engage your kids in some critical thinking to help them develop a biblical worldview about current issues and those hot topic things, head to episode 64, where we tackle today's news for tomorrow's leaders. Mm -hmm. So good. Heidi, one of the practical things that I I know I've chosen in my home to help steer my kids in the right worldview is to homeschool. Obviously, I homeschool for other reasons as well, but that is one of the benefits and the blessings of homeschooling is that I can engage with them moment by moment all throughout the day and help them to sift through these life moments through a biblical worldview and a biblical grid. But I know that that's not possible for every single mother. I know we have listeners who are, for whatever reason, unable to homeschool, single moms who maybe can't remove their children from the public school. What advice do you have for those moms? How can they protect their children from this constant onslaught, the lies of our culture that is constantly being thrown at them? Yeah. Honestly, this is one of the reasons I'm running for Congress. 
And I think that as we're facing what's happening in the public school system, first of all, you can't bury your head in the sand. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but public schools are hurting our kids. They absolutely are. And so I'm sad for the parents that can't remove their kids from these schools because it really is the battlefield. Education is the front lines for what's happening in our culture right now. There are a few things that you can do. If your kids have to be in the public school, then you have to be in the public school. Amen. If your kids are there, you're Mm -hmm. there. And if, you know, you need to know what books are in the library. You need to know what, what is the political ideology of the teachers that are teaching your children? The Bible says that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. I think for a lot of years, decades and generations, even we've been told, oh, you know, we drop our kids off at the school and the school teaches our our children reading, writing, arithmetic. We drop them off at Sunday school and Sunday school does the spiritual formation of our children. And the parents are there just to provide food and shelter. Hmm. Well, that's garbage. That's not true. The parents are the ones who are the primary educators of your children. So even though your children may be uh, in a public school, God still holds you responsible for the primary training and teaching of righteousness to your children. And so it's, it's difficult now because so many of this, uh, so much of what's happening in the public schools is hidden from parents. So you have to work really hard. If my kids were in the public school, I guarantee you, I'd be a thorn in their side. I'd want to know, you know, Hey, I want to see the sex ed curriculum. I would like to see your history book. I want to see your math book because what's interesting is that all of this stuff is in all of these books. So math books are not neutral anymore. History books are certainly not neutral. The science books in in our public schools are filled with all kinds of lies and garbage. Parents need to be aware of what is being taught to their kids. And that, frankly, and I always tell people, that's a full-time job in and of itself. But your kids are worth it. So know who your kids are being taught by. And then understand you have a voice in the public school. Use your voice. The minute you see something going sideways, go and talk about what you see. Talk to other parents because they don't like it either most of the time they don't know that it's there. So it's a lot of work. Like I said, a few minutes ago, I'd like to tell you guys that there's an easy fix, but there isn't. I think our kids are worth it. Your kids are the front line right now. This is where the battle is being fought. And so there's no easy way around it. Homeschooling's hard. It's all hard. Homeschooling's hard. Watching what's happening in the public schools is hard. But I just think you also get the the biggest benefit. You know, you don't want to look back on your life and go, man, I sure wish I'd have stayed engaged. I'm sure that you guys have heard stories and I have too over the years as I've been traveling and speaking of, I mean, hundreds of moms who've come up to me just sobbing. You know, I I, I had a conversation with my 17 year old today and I realized we don't agree on anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what you're telling me is 15 years just went by. You can't get it back. So engage with your children, find out what they're learning at school, ask to see their textbooks, get to know the teachers. Your kids are worth it. They so are. Yeah. At some point we just have to say, I I have to pick my hard. Am I going to pick the hard thing and invest the proactive time in investing? Or am I going to be reactive and have to untrain and and reteach and and do everything on the back end? Both things are hard. So you as a mom have to say, I'm going to pick my hard. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. And and I love that because you're taking the Mordecai approach, right? You're just saying, hey, Esther, you know, uh, sorry, this is what it is. And if you don't do this, relief and deliverance for your children are going to come from another place. And I think that's a message for moms right now. You know, you might be scared. This might be out. This might be taking you out of your comfort zone. You might be like, what the heck? You know, I'm not a, a warrior. You know, Heidi St. John, you warrior on, but that's not my personality. I'm an introvert, whatever. And I'm going to Mordecai you right now. 
and say, listen, this is tough. But if you don't stand up for your children, relief and deliverance from your kids are going to come from another place, but you will answer to the Lord for your lack of willingness to do what God asked you to do. Mm -hmm. Your children were given to you by God. And God is the one who said, train up your child in the way he should go. We are called to be in every aspect of our children's lives, whether they're in the public school or whether they're homeschooled. I, and I'm sure you guys, I mean, all, all of us are very familiar with the homeschool world, right? But we all know stories of homeschool moms who brought their kids home and didn't do the, didn't do the training, the heart training. So whether they're home or whether they're in school, you still have to do it. While it's difficult, there's also such a blessing in it. A lot of us have kids that are grown, including me. And that verse, I have no greater joy than to know my kids are walking in the truth. It doesn't hit home until your kids leave home and you realize my time for training them is over. And now I'm a mentor and now I'm a coach and a cheerleader, but boy, you know, we want our kids to be walking with the Lord because we're raising parents for our grandchildren. You know, right. as I'm, I'm watching mm-hmm. my daughter, uh, you know, I'm here at the homeschool resource center in the studio today, and there's about 200 little kids out there. And my daughter, Savannah is in charge of the seedlings program. So every once in a while, they come by the studio windows and I can see a bunch of little kids following her around. And my heart thrills to see her become a leader in her own right and teach her children to love and serve the Lord and help other moms do the same. That's why we're doing what we're doing. It's a generational lift. It's a generational lift. And when you start to lift, In Mm -hmm. this generation, the next one will lift the next one and so on and so forth. And that is why Mordecai was so insistent that Esther follow what God had asked her to do. That's why Paul said, knock it off, dude. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, you know, to young Timothy. He said, do what God's asked you to do. They weren't looking for the easy button. They were interested in obedience. And that is the job of this generation. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're absolutely right. And we have no excuse to not get off the bench, to not do what God is calling us to do, to not be bold and to be brave. And, and you know, I'm so tired of the introvert excuse. Yeah. Well, I'm an introvert. I can't do that too bad. God right. didn't say do this, except for you introverts, you can sit on the side. I mean, it's just, you know, that's not how it works, but yeah. Heidi, thank you so much for being with us today. Your message is so important. And I hope that the moms that are listening, listen to this again and again, and give it to their friends, Mm. tell them about it because they need to know they need to be listening to your podcast. Mm. I listen to it all the time and it really motivates me, but what's the best way for our listeners to connect with your ministry? Of course, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Yeah. So um, I have a Bible study subscription service that we release a brand new study every single month. That's called Mom Strong International. A couple thousand women over there just studying the word. We write something called Kids Strong so that we're teaching you how to teach your kids to be strong in the word. So a lot of mentoring of mothers happening over there, but it's mothers, it's grandmothers. You can become a leader with Mom Strong International. You can host a, a group in your home. So we're trying to train up leaders, people who are going to be uh, out there on the front line. So I would say Mom Strong International for sure. And then, I mean, for goodness sake, I'm lit up like a Christmas tree all over the internet. So if you just Google <laughs> my name, you know, uh, most of my books are published through Tyndale now. And so my books are available wherever books are sold. I'm hoping that that people are encouraged by the podcast and you can follow my run for Congress at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. I keep telling people, you know, I'm running for a seat in the federal government. So it doesn't matter where you live in the United States, the races that are happening around the country should matter to you because we need godly people in leadership. We need people who can hear God's voice and follow it to start to sit in these positions of authority in our country. So I hope people will support my run. And that's at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. That is a timely message with timeless truths, Heidi. 
And I hope people will support you and will be praying for you because uh, politics, that's a whole nother world. So I hope you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's it's scary out there to begin with, but then to go into it politics, is, yeah. holy, holy moly. But, holy you know, moly. God calls all of us to be different. He calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. And each of us has the responsibility to impact our culture, however God is leading us. Our children are the future, and we all need to make the effort to become mom strong as we raise them to be that beacon of light in a dark world. Not one of us can afford to sit on the sidelines, ladies. It's imperative that each of us seeks the Lord to find out how he wants us to get off the bench and change the world. So we're going to link to all of Heidi's resources in the notes. And I encourage all of you that are listening to listen to her podcast, to pick up her books. They will change your life and your perspective. And we know that you have a choice of which podcast you can listen to. So please know we so appreciate the time you spend to listen to ours. And we really thank you for tuning in. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can subscribe to like and follow our podcast. And we so appreciate you taking the time to listen.